come with me. We're going on a fantastic cruise. Pick your destination with news tips and reviews. But here is an item you might not have thought of. All of the things under the water. Nature surrounds us with elegant features. You can't go on a cruise and not see the creatures. So let's make some magic. Let's get ecstatic. Instantly classic. Maybe romantic. The wildlife around you. Cinematic on your fantastic cruise. Bon Beanie, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fantastic Cruising. I am Matt. And I'm Kimbra. And we are here again because we just did 30 minutes of recording and Audacity had the audacity to make us sound like this. And we could have fixed that, but it also had like a pop every five seconds or... Anyway, we're going to try and do this again. So do you remember everything you said before? I know this. I know this. We have sort of two main topics today. Um, the second one has to do with sharks because Shark Week is coming up in just a couple of weeks, actually less than a couple of weeks. Like a week. A week. It's starting in a week. And so if you followed me in the Cruise Geeks days, I did a review of Shark Week specials because I have mixed emotions about Shark Week on the old Discovery Channel. So we thought we'd give it another go. And we're going to talk about that later on and how we're going to watch some of Shark Week and give you guys some ratings and reviews, what we think of those documentaries. But before we get to that, and before we get to our first topic, we have some sad and glad news. Yes, we do. And I know what it is now. The first time you said that, I was really shocked. Yeah, it was. It takes all the surprise out of it, doesn't it? Yeah, because I knew what you were going to say this time. So the sad news is... We canceled our cruise. Womp womp. But that was not really a surprising thing. I mean, we've known that that cruise wasn't going to go for us for some time. We were hoping, hoping that uh, they would cancel it and we'd get some credit. But our final payment is due on Monday. And uh, that's, you know, possibly in the future or the past for you, depending on when you're listening to this. And we didn't want to take a chance, even though we're about 96.358% sure. And I'm 97% sure. That that cruise is <laughs> going to get canceled by Carnival. They haven't done it yet, and we didn't want to get stuck with that. Anyway, we could wait no more. So we decided that we would cancel the cruise. But. But there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel, right? Yes, there is. Hopefully it's not a train heading for us. Hopefully, <laughs> but it could be a cruise ship heading right toward us ah, with a headlight. No, we are. We didn't. Instead of just canceling, we rebooked. Yes, we did. So we will still be going on a cruise. Yeah. Long, long away from now. In a galaxy far, far away. We're going to be going on a cruise. This cruise is actually going to be going to the exact same ports, the ABC Islands, on the exact same ship, which means you can still say your Horizon Line, and in the exact same rooms. The only thing that's different is, unfortunately, our friends Charlie and Bev are not going to be able to go with us on this one, but we still have my mom and our friend Sherry and, of course, us going. So it's still going to be an amazing cruise. Just 11 months later. 11 months from the time it was supposed to go. So for well, right now, it's like... 11 months later than the original cruise 400 was. and some days, which might as well be an eternity. I can look it up. Do you want me to tell no, you how No, I don't want to know. I don't know. Until <laughs> it gets to 300, I don't care. Maybe when it gets to 365, we can go, it's a year away. But well, I'm going to look it up. We're not... Fine. Look it up. Look it up. Look, here's some interesting tidbits that we actually didn't talk about the first time we recorded this podcast and that is that when uh when kimber was online with carnival making these changes at the end of the phone call she asked you know we know that bon air has already said they will not allow anybody from a cruise ship to visit the island until at least september and uh, we've heard rumblings i think curacao and aruba are kind of along those same lines do you know is that ship According to the website, it's still going there. Do you know anything about that? And the lady just basically was like, eh, all I know is it's booked for that. That's what it's supposed to be going to right now. Do you think she really didn't know? 
I think she really didn't know. I mean, she may not know. But I mean, think think about like when big companies make those kind of decisions. They don't necessarily tell. No, and they they don't the little want people. You. They don't want you to know because then you might have some feel some obligation to inform people. Four hundred thirteen. But okay, that's not as bad as I thought. I yeah. thought it was like four hundred sixty-five or something like that. Nope, four hundred thirteen, which still is too many days. Still a lot. But it's a lot of days. Maybe we can throw something in. You know, before then. That would be good. We looked a little bit at some cruises, some possibilities if the world starts to get better. I'm ready to book it. Well, we, yeah, we'll see. Well, I don't know. Simmer down over there. I'm sorry. (laughs) And uh, anyway, so so that's our news, our sad and glad news. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's exciting that we actually feel like we have a cruise booked again that we may actually go on. Because it's been a while since we've had that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and and you know, it's maybe it's a sign that things will get better. Things will get back to normal. We will cruise again. Hopefully it'll be before September of next year. At, it will at least be 413 days. <laughs> Hopefully. Don't Possibly say before. It won't be 2020 anymore, so that bodes well. Anyway, um... We got a couple emails, and uh, the first one I just want to mention because I'm not gonna, we're not gonna read it this week because it has to do with sharks. And so, even though we're gonna talk about sharks today, we're gonna really talk about sharks two weeks from now. So we're gonna save that email for two weeks from now to talk about sharks. Then, as we talk about sharks. Anyway, we'll get into that. That's our second topic. Our first topic is from the other email, though, which is from Dan. And Dan, also known as Unc D. UNC D. That's right. UNC Unc D. Um, he is, he's one of our uh, watchers on YouTube. He's a listener of the podcast. And uh, he comments. He interacts a lot. By the way, thank you for the two people that did leave us reviews for our for our 50th episode on iTunes last week. We got one with words, one just with stars. But we will take whatever you guys. I like can stars. Do. Stars are good. Stars are great. Back to Unkti. So Dan or Unkti, he um, he always says really nice things, which is which is awesome. And uh, and he sent us a, an email. And before we get into his email, I just want to say that he also has a podcast. It is called the... The Unkdi Fiasco. That's right. The Unkdi Fiasco. You can find it on most of the major podcast areas as well as... Does he do that on YouTube as well? I know he has a YouTube thing, but I don't know if his podcast is on YouTube. I don't think his podcast no. is on YouTube, but he has a couple of videos on YouTube. Yeah, so, so look for the podcast. Now, look... He he said to us, he said, look, this is kind of me rambling, and that is exactly what it is. But I got to tell you, um, it's kind of nice because I uh, I was I was having a rough day at work, a lot of anxiety, and we got in the car, and I was tense and angry at the world, and we put on Unc D, and he was rambling about all sorts of things, life, the universe, and everything, and it just kind of soothed me, to be honest with you. It just kind of brought me down from the, the high tension and and relaxed me. Sometimes it's just nice to hear somebody just talk and not about, you know, craziness. But anyway, anyway, so he's got an email. It's going to lead us into our first topic. And go ahead and tell us, what does the email say? So the email says, I've cruised Carnival and Disney Carnival twice. And I've thought about Royal and Norwegian, but have shied away as far as price is concerned. In your opinion, is the price really worth it for what the line and the ships offer? Yes. No. Maybe. I don't know. Look, it's not a simple answer, right? That's why we decided to make this a whole topic. Because he sent the email and, you know, he probably wanted us to just answer it on the podcast or just answer it in the email. But I'm like, you know what? That is not a simple answer. And uh, it could be a whole topic. And so that's, and I know that it can be because we already did it once. <laughs> <laughs> and we said to hopefully things that we're going to remember to say because I feel like we said some important things. You didn't delete that other stuff yet though, right? No. It we just, could technically go back and listen and then could. just repeat it. You want me to write it? I'll type no, it as we're saying it no. and then we can, no? Okay. Look, Audacity did this weird thing and it, and it literally recorded us on slow motion. I don't need, I don't know. I guess that's why it popped every now and then to catch up, but... 
It sounds like we're talking like this. And hearing Matt sound like that is one thing, but hearing me like that is something else. It kind of creeped me out, to be honest. (laughs) Anyway, let's start with something he didn't ask us about, but he mentioned. And that is Disney, because he says he has cruised on Disney. So the first thing I thought when we saw this email was... Well, if you're okay cruising on Disney, and I think you said this in the in the last time, then everything else is kind of cheaper. Not everything else, but most the other ones yeah. you mentioned are going to be less expensive. But let's break that down a little bit. Because Disney is not the same. It's sort of the same, but it's not the same. Because it's Disney. Right. And Disney does things right. Right? They do things really, really well. They they cross all their T's, they dot all their I's. They have a standard. It's very high, and they immerse you in the experience. This is what they do in their theme parks, and this is what they do on their cruise ships. Now, you're going to pay sometimes two or three times the amount for that Disney cruise that you would on other cruise lines, depending on the ship and what the line is. Is that worth it? For me, it hasn't been so far, but I'm not a big Disney fan, right? So for me, I look at it and go, there's some really cool things on that ship. I don't care about half of them. The other half seem really neat. Uh, I don't want to pay that much just to go and have those other things. But I would love to go on a Disney ship if we could get a really good deal or if we want a free cruise or something like that. Maybe I would have a different opinion, which, by the way, these are just our opinions. So understand that i should i should preface that i did that the last time these are our opinions and the whole the main thing you're going to get from this is that this is a very subjective type of deal so disney for me i haven't been able to feel i haven't felt like it's it would be worth it to pay that extra money now you had some kind of similar thoughts what was your impression of disney so i do like disney more than you do. Yep, you're more of a Disney fan. Than I you. am. And I would like to go on a Disney cruise. However, I would choose another cruise line over Disney because of the price. So if somebody was like, hey, let's go on a Disney cruise and I'll pay for it, I'd be like, absolutely. I mean, I would do that with any cruise. But I would definitely do that with Disney. Um, but I would, I, I like cruising because I like cruising not necessarily because I want to go on a Disney cruise. Right. If that makes any sense. No, that makes sense. Yeah. So the reason I wanted to bring that up is because if, if Dan, if you have cruised on Disney, then you have paid a premium for premium experience. And, you know, for some people that is definitely worth it. People that are huge Disney fans is definitely worth it. People that have kids, it's definitely worth it. Uh, People that just have that extra money to spend then, yeah, I mean, why not, right? Um, For us, I think if I was looking for that Disney experience, I would go to the theme parks and then not necessarily look at the cruise. Like, if I'm going to spend that much money on a cruise, it's not, my first choice isn't going to be Disney. It's going to be, like, Celebrity or maybe Princess or one of those that may actually be cheaper than a Disney cruise. (laughs) But, uh, But I feel like, you're getting that next level of service, right? So like we were talking about uh, Princess in the last conversation. And what did you say about Princess? So, well, well, the question that you asked me was if I had to decide between going on Princess, Celebrity, you gave another one. What was the other one? Or Disney. Yeah. Right? And I chose Princess and you chose... Celebrity. Celebrity, and then I I said I would like to go on the Celebrity Edge, but if I had to choose between those cruise lines, I'd like to go on Princess because any Princess ship, but I do want to go on the Celebrity Edge. Right, and that kind of made us think about the fact. So if if you're not familiar too, Celebrity is Royal Caribbean's next notch up, Princess is Carnival's next notch up, and they're they're different experiences. A, a low end uh, Princess cruise is going to be more than a low-end Royal Caribbean or Carnival or Norwegian cruise. Like, it's it's already a step above, whereas there's a big difference between a low-end and a high-end 
Carnival, Royal Caribbean, or Norwegian cruise. So uh, I, I, I'm sure there's a big difference between different princess cruises, but it's already up a level. And that's, I'm sure that's the same with Celebrity and probably with Disney as well. Yeah, I asked you if you could go on the flagship of any of those three, which would you go on? You said that you would go on Princess, and I said I would go on Celebrity. I mean, I'd go on any of them, but yeah, that would be my first choice, which would be probably the Celebrity Edge right now. would be my first choice of any ship to go on, honestly. That's the ship that has intrigued me, but it's so expensive. Yeah. Which, which brings us back to your original question, Dan, which is, is it worth it to spend this extra money on going on like Royal Caribbean or Norwegian? Maybe, but I haven't been able to justify spending the extra money to go on Celebrity because... I look at it and I go, I really want this experience. And then I go, or I could go on three cruises <laughs> instead of one. And that's going to win for me. But let's, but that's, that's different. That's different. Let's get to your actual question, which let's is about. Let's break it down. Let's break it down to uh, Royal Caribbean and Norwegian. Let's start with Norwegian. You've not been on Norwegian. I have not. But uh, what are your thoughts on Norwegian? I would love to go on Norwegian. So the price can be a little bit higher than Carnival, but I don't remember what holiday it was, but we had like a long weekend. And I know that we were looking at possibly like throwing in a, a quick cruise. And we Did were a little quickie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. And. So we looked at Norwegian, and I think we looked at Carnival and Royal and stuff. And some of the Norwegian cruises were actually less than the Carnival cruises. We decided not to go. I don't know why. But in the end, you know, the price was actually better. So it's, yeah, some of their cruises are more expensive, but not all of them. Right. So... The experience you're going to get on a an older Norwegian ship, I've been on the Norwegian Star, older, smaller Norwegian ship is not that much different than what you're going to get on a older, smaller Carnival or Royal Caribbean ship. There are some differences to be sure. The price, if it is higher, which it normally is, that was kind of an exception to the rule, I think. But it's not going to be that much higher. It may be a couple hundred dollars more per person or per cabin um but it's not like you know it's not like twice the price or three times the price like you get with a disney cruise or something like that now that's when you're talking kind of apples to apples you're talking older ships with older ships and that sort of thing um but i don't think that's really what i would recommend like if you want to experience royal caribbean if you want to experience Nor norwegian don't go on an older Norwegian ship. I mean, I did, and it was great, but I had people on that ship who were Norwegian people who were, like, not people from Norway, but, like, people that, like, love Norwegian <laughs> cruise lines. And they were like, this is this is not a normal Norwegian cruise. I thought it was great. I thought it was fine. They had, like, a cool British restaurant. You could get sit-down breakfast that was, you know, included. It was It was awesome. The freestyle dining, you know, that's a Norwegian thing first, it was cool. It was it was good. I, I enjoyed it, but um, but they were like, this isn't Nor Norwegian. Like, don't don't look at this as a Norwegian cruise. So I would say if you really want to try Norwegian, go on one of their bigger, newer ships like the Epic or something like that, because that's really where they shine. And if you want that Norwegian experience, that's where you're going to get the full thing. That's also where you're going to pay more money. Okay, but. You're paying for those amenities. You're paying for that bigger ship. You're paying for all those options of different places to eat. That's what you're paying for. So is that important to you? Is that why you cruise? Is that part of why you cruise? Do you care about that stuff when you cruise? If you do, if the answer is yes and you can afford it, then I would say I would definitely cruise on a big Norwegian ship at least once or twice and give it a shot because you might be one of those people that cruise Norwegian and you're like, I'm never cruising anything else again. Or you might cruise Norwegian and be like, you know, this was really cool, but I'd rather save, you know, a few hundred bucks and, and sail this other line. So that, that would be Norwegian. And, uh, I would say Royal Caribbean's not too much different 
than that, right? So Royal Caribbean, you have been on a Royal Caribbean ship, the yes. Brilliance of the Seas, mm-hmm. which is an older, smaller ship. And I've been on Monarch of the Seas, uh, which is no longer a thing. <laughs> it's got sold and then it got scrapped. And um, oh, I can't even think of the name of the is other. It Enchantment? Enchantment of the Seas, yeah. Maybe in Brilliance. Was I in Brilliance was the last one, but then maybe I was on another one too. Anyway. I've been on. I haven't been in any of the big new Oasis class or any of the the newer, you know, higher tech or bigger ships of Royal Caribbean. But it's kind of the same deal. Like Royal Caribbean cruises are typically, if it's a similar size ship, similar uh, ports, it's usually going to be a little bit more expensive. But if you start looking at like Oasis class ships, um, it's the price is going to jump up pretty high. And then is it worth it? I don't know. I mean, these ships have neighborhoods. They have um, the entertainment on there is like several notches ahead of, of some of these smaller ships. It's it's what you want. What experience do you want on the ship? Are you looking for high caliber Broadway shows? Are you looking for multiple dining and shopping experiences? Like, what do you want out of your cruise? And that's the only way you're really going to know if it's worth it for you to spend that extra money. What are your thoughts on on Royal Caribbean? So the the brilliance that we the cruise that we went on was not my favorite experience. It was a lot different than what I was used to f- with Carnival, but it didn't like shy me away from Royal Caribbean. So I would definitely do a Royal Caribbean cruise again. I would I would definitely pay a little bit more to have that different experience to try that bigger, fancier ship. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like the brilliance cruise that we did was, it was definitely not the best cruise that either one of us have ever been on. And it's not to say that it wasn't a lot of fun. We were both, we both had colds and it was a kind of a weird vibe on that ship for whatever reason. Um, it didn't feel like a normal Royal Caribbean cruise to me, but it was okay. But it was, you know, it didn't leave us wanting to go back on the brilliance for sure. And, uh, and and I don't think that that's fair, a fair assessment of Royal Caribbean. I just think that's the experience that we had in, in that moment. Um, I, I would say, though, the other thing to think about with Royal Caribbean, and, it, and if it's between the two, I would kind of push you towards Royal Caribbean first and then Norwegian. Although you live in Seattle, Dan, and whoever's out there, this could apply to you. But I know Dan lives in Seattle, and so maybe he's thinking about going to Alaska and that could be a totally different situation there. I haven't cruised to Alaska. I'm not as familiar with the ships that are going up there. I know Norwegian has some amazing ships over there going up there. But um, but if you're in the Caribbean, you know, Royal Caribbean has Coco Cay, which is definitely a unique feature. It's, it's a private island, but it's got so much more to offer than any of the other private islands. For one, you don't have to tender there which is nice. You can you used to have to tender there, but you don't anymore. They actually put in a, like a pier that the ship can pull up to dock. And, um, and they've added all these amenities like, um, giant water slides and bars and a hot air balloon and all this stuff. Like they, I mean, it's almost like a little mini theme park in the Caribbean, which sounds really, really nice. And you can only go there with Royal Caribbean. So if you Watch some watch some videos. Uh, I don't know if did we cover Coco K on this podcast? I don't think we have. Like, did um, like a, yeah, I think so. When we, we did the Bahamas. Okay, so go back to our yeah, go back to our Bahamas episode. Listen to that one, and uh, watch some videos. I think um, I think Alana Zingano has a good video on on uh, on that, and and check out Coco K and see if that's worth it to you. Because if if you're talking about cruising over here. That might be worth the money right there just to get to that island. I used to love to go there for the snorkeling, and I know you want to go to Coco Cay really badly, and I'd like to go back really badly, but I just want to go back and snorkel. (laughs) I'd like to see the stuff, but I don't really care that much about it for me, but you want to do that stuff, and I, I, I guess I would do some of that, but... But you don't have to give it up because they no. have some cruises that will go to Coco Cay twice. Right, right. Or you just do back to back, like like Dave. Right. You know, Dave and Sue back to back to back. So to back to back. So here's to back to back. 
to back to back. Yeah. So so here's my thought. When I was younger, and we ha- I'm a very picky eater, and my mom, I whenever there was something I didn't want to eat, her rule was two bites because the first bite, y- you already have it in your head that you don't like it. So the answer is bleh. So you have to take the second bite to really get your opinion on it. To get a fair assessment. Yeah. Got to have that second bite. So that that can advice. go. Yeah. So that can go for Coco K. But it, cruise lines in general, like you might go on a cruise line like we did Royal. That was my first experience. Not my favorite. So I have to go back for my second bite. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really think, you know, the. Some of the some of the differences between Carnival and Royal and Norwegian, um, Carnival is definitely more. You know, they call them the fun ships. They got a reputation as being the party ships. I don't think that's necessarily accurate. I think that depends more on when you're cruising and what ship you're on. But I will say, Carnival is definitely more about high energy cruise directors than either Norwegian or Royal Caribbean. So if that's something you enjoy. You're not going to get that experience on those other lines. I've had really good uh, wait, waiter experiences and customer service experiences on all three of those ships. So, you know, that that's pretty similar. But like we said, Norwegian has the freestyle dining. If you get into the Oasis class, some of the bigger Royal Caribbean ships, there's a lot more dining choices. Now, of course, Carnival's just kind of getting into right. that. Can I interrupt you? Yeah. What is freestyle dining? I was going to try and freestyle rap, but that, that, would, that would be a bad decision on my part. <laughs> uh, freestyle dining is basically instead of going to the main dining room and having dinner uh, or the buffet, there are there are more specialty restaurants, and that is kind of part of your experience is to eat dinners in those. Okay. So like when I went to when I went on their Norwegian Star, they don't have as many specialty dining as so they do have a main dining room still, but um, I ate one time I ate in a Brazilian steakhouse. The other time I ate in a regular steakhouse. I think that was it. Which you could do, I mean, a regular steakhouse on any ship, right? But they had, even for a smaller ship, they had more restaurant options. Okay. And so that, that's kind of the whole thing. And, and you could really kind of do freestyle dining on any of the cruise lines now. But Norwegian is the cruise line that sort of invented that idea or that concept. And uh, they, they kind of you know, have the commercials that advertise it and stuff. And they, they really specialize in that. But I think if you went on like a, one of the bigger Royal Caribbean ships, I think that'd be similar. And I'm pretty sure that's where the direction Carnival is moving with like the Mardi Gras with all the different restaurants. And even even the um, even the Vista class ships have more options. You know, Vista class has an Italian restaurant, sushi. They've got the well on the one we're going on. They have the barbecue um, they have steakhouse. They have, so there's there's a lot more going on, but yeah. So it, it opens that up. But like you know, you go on one of these big Oasis class ships, and there are like little mini restaurants throughout the ship, like in their sort of boardwalk areas and and stuff. So so those I, I don't know if that helped you. Out. I hope it helped you guys out. If you have some other ideas or opinions on you know why. One cruise line is worth paying the extra price and another. Let us know. Send us an email. Fantasticcruising at gmail.com. All right. Well, let's move on to our second topic. Topic number two. And that one is about sharks. Rawr. Sharks. They do growl in the movies, don't they? Maybe. Yeah, they're rawr. Da-dum. Da-dum. All right, so so this is the plan, okay? (laughs) This is what we're going to do. So with Shark Week coming up, what we decided is is kind of, I did something similar on the Cruise Geeks two years ago, and uh, I thought it was kind of fun. I have very strong opinions about Shark Week, and they're not, mostly not positive. But I was surprised two years ago that there was some quality there, along with a lot of garbage. So this year we thought we'd do it again. We thought we'd have fun. We'd watch some of Shark Week and give our our review of it. So what what I'm going to do today is is let you guys know how we are going to review it. What our categories of review are. We're going to go over 
all the shows that they are saying they're going to do starts August 9th, goes through the 16th. And, um, and we're going to, and we're going to tell you, you know, we're just going to discuss them and then we're going to pick some of these to watch. What we're actually thinking about doing is putting these all up on the fantastic cruising community over on Facebook and letting you guys choose if there's certain ones you definitely want us to watch and review and then we'll kind of decide what other ones we want to review from there. Because there's like 20, I don't know, 27, 23. Almost 30. Almost 30 uh, episodes. or so. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot. And so we, we are not going to be able to watch all of them. We're probably going to have to watch them the day after they come out because, you know, we don't have cable. But we have Hulu and we have other ways to watch them after they're out if that's what we need to do. And then... On that Sunday, the 16th, our podcast will come out and it'll give you a, a breakdown of the ones that we watched. Now, we may have to exclude some until the next week because there are some that air Saturday evening and hopefully we'll have recorded the podcast before that. And then obviously we can't record um, the one that's on Sunday. Although I can tell you right now, that's not one that we really have high hopes for. So, okay. So this is first, here's the scale. Okay. We're going to... We have, we have things kind of competing against each other. So, for example, the first category is, we're going to look at with these documentaries is going to be exaggeration versus educational. So we're going to assign points to how educational it is and points to how much exaggeration we think there is. And we'll try and keep our subjectivity even on all these documentaries. And then we're going to we're going to see which one it's more of. Is it more educational? Is it more exaggeration? So that's the first one. The next one we have is creating fear versus conservation. So are they actually trying to tell people how to save sharks or why sharks are important and need to be saved or what situation sharks are facing that uh, they need our help? Or are they just making sharks out to be big, scary monsters? Next one is going to be drama versus research. Is this an actual scientific documentary that has substance and important things happening in it? Or is it all about celebrities swimming with sharks and making it sound dangerous when it's not? The next one is reality TV versus documentary. That's what I just said, isn't it? I just said that twice. Yeah. No. No. No, you said drama oh. and research. You're okay. good. Okay. Reality TV versus documentary. Sorry about that. Uh, so documentary means that it's legitimately a documentary. Like it's a show where they're telling you things about sharks and it has a, a purpose as a documentary. Reality TV is when they're just following a bunch of yahoos out on a boat doing something stupid. And in my experience, there's a lot of Shark Week that follows that line. So we're going to see which one each episode is more of. And then finally, and that could kind of go along with the drama. Some of these are over overlap. That's what threw me off there. And then finally, uh, we have nothing new versus new info. And what I mean by that is, is there any information in this show, in the, each individual episode, that taught Kimbra and myself something new about sharks? Like, is there something that we watched and went, I didn't know that. If there is, then it's going to get the new info points. If there's nothing new, then it's going to get the nothing new points. So, uh, so that's what, that's how we're rating all of these things is with that scale. And uh, we'll put it, we made, I, I made a fancy scale. I was very happy until Kimber pointed out that we needed that for each individual episode. And I was like, oh, that's a lot more stuff so uh but maybe we'll put it up there so you guys can see it because it, it looks cool we'll put it up with the ratings for sure it, it does look cool you spent a lot of time on it while i, I was over here doing some uh travel agent training yes, yes. i was doing <laughs> photoshop i was having fun with photoshop so uh, so what we're going to do is we've, we've got the list and descriptions of of all of these uh documentary shows so we're gonna we're gonna go through them and talk about it a little bit here so let's start with the first one which is air jaws the ultimate breach off. So what does that one say? Oh, we're going to talk about each one. Yes. That, I think that's what I just said. Got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Air Jaws is a thing. If you've watched Shark Week before, you know it's great white sharks jumping out of the water. This time it says three teams of researchers return to one of the last hunting grounds of four Air Jaws. They will use decoys, drones, and underwater cameras to count the number of breaches 
not breaches, breaches and collect data on hunting techniques to see if the shark population is rebounding. So, um, I don't know. This one, we may watch it. It's, I, I mean, they've kind of air jaws to me to death, but uh, I don't know. I'm curious to see where they're going to see shark population rebounding. Next one is Mike Tyson. Uh, Tyson versus Jaws. Rumble on the reef. Let's get ready to rumble. Yes. So this on one, the reef. you, you want to read this one? Legendary boxer and entrepreneur Mike Tyson is taking on a new challenge, and he picked the most unlikely training partner. Iron Mike will go head-to-head with some of the ocean's top apex predators, including the black tip reef shark. Yes. <laughs> you stopped there? I, I did because... I was so traumatic. Oh, okay. Do good. you want me to keep going? No, keep going. Yeah, keep going. With famed ring announcer Michael, is that Buffer? Buffer? I don't, I don't know. know who that I have is. No idea. Calling the shots. These two heavyweights will square off underwater, where Mike Tyson will try to score a TKO over the massive shark. Massive shark. The black tip reef shark. Yeah. Black tip reef shark that maxes out at about four feet or something. Over the massive shark. All it's, in the name of research. It does say including a black... I don't know why they are like, including the small black tip reef shark. But then it says the massive shark. Yes. So... I don't know. <laughs> and don't worry, no sharks were harmed or bitten in the making of this episode. Because Mike Tyson, you know, bit the guy's ear off. That was like oh. a thing that happened. Yeah, yeah. So I get why where they're going with that. I, this one is probably extraordinarily stupid. That's my... Now look, I'll, maybe I'll give it a shot because I was... I was pleasantly surprised with some of the celebrity ones two years ago, but this just sounds to me on this sounds dumb. But I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try not to judge too heavily till I see what they are. All right, next one is Shark Lockdown. Get ready for this, folks. They got a lot of coronavirus references in the, in these. Uh, in the waters off New Zealand, the large. The largest female great whites are measuring over 20 feet long, earning the nickname the 747s. With no human interaction during COVID-19, researchers built a self-propelled cage. Self-propelled cage. That's interesting. Wow. To see how hunting patterns have changed. So, um, 20 foot is a big great white shark. That's true. That's like their maximum is 20, 21 feet. So that's interesting. I don't know how much interaction they were getting before COVID-19 because I don't know that Australia is shut down or New Zealand is shut down that much. And we're talking a few months. Like, is that enough to really change the hunting behavior? Anyway. I, I mean, it made I, it made waters in uh, Italy clear again. It's true. I mean, there has been some environmental impacts from it for sure. I just don't know how much there was down there. I, you know, maybe I need to watch the show. Self-propelled cage is intriguing to me. I'm, I'm not sure what what that's going to look like. Is that what, like a cage with a propeller? I guess. I don't know. Yeah, so it's basically a submarine. Like they, can, like they can drive a cage around instead of right. being hung from a boat. Like, like a submarine that's actually a cage. It's interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Maybe, All right, maybe curious. Yeah. What's the next one? The next is Abandoned Waters. COVID-19 has changed the world's behavior, and that has presented shark researchers with a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to study the massive great whites in Australia's Neptune Islands. With no human interaction for the first time in decades, some of the biggest great white sharks on Earth are returning to their natural behaviors, allowing scientists to study them up close and personal in ways that were nearly impossible before. Look, I'm not saying that they're trying to capitalize on the COVID thing. But both of those basically say the same thing. They're both great white sharks in Australia, New Zealand, that they're claiming have changed their behavior dramatically because there's no... How much human interaction were they getting? That's what I want to know. Maybe I need... Like I said, maybe I need to watch these documentaries. But okay, so that's... There's that. Next one is Shack Attack. You know, Shaq... Is uh is the carnival representative guy right like right so and and he was in Shark Week two years ago and I thought it was going to be his documentaries were going to be really dumb and if I remember correctly they were but I I thought I found them entertaining and it surprised me because I'm not a basketball fan or anything like that so anyway 
This is what it says. After surviving a shark encounter in Shaq Does Shark Week, that's, I think, from two years ago, Shaquille O'Neal is back, and now he's on a mission to determine what shark has the perfect predatory attack. But he can't do it alone. Shaq is deploying YouTube stars Dude Perfect and Mark Robber to put various species to the test and uncover the most mind-blowing hunting techniques of this ultimate predator. I'm seeing a theme here. Hunting techniques. They're all mm. focused on hunting techniques, which doesn't bode well to me, but I look, I'm being too negative. I, I, I just I just know how this goes. But we'll see. We'll see what I don't have have you ever heard of Dude Perfect and Mark Robber? No. Nope. I don't Maybe I, I should look them up. I mean I, I guess I don't know that much about YouTube because I don't know who they are. Maybe it's the kids. Maybe it's the young kids know who these people are. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just out of touch. All right, what's the next one? Jaws Awakens. Like The Force Awakens? Oh. Let's see what they did there. All right, go ahead. Shark expert Chris Follows joins Jeff Kerr and Dickie Chevelle to search for the largest male great white shark in the world. Together, Chris, Jeff, and Dickie explore the waters of New Zealand trying to find a nearly 20-foot-long, two-ton shark named Fred. So we're back in the same spot looking at the same... Shark. Shark population. And this time they're looking for a big male. Uh, look, I'm going to spoiler. When it comes to sharks, females are larger than males. Most most species. But this one's name is Fred. Right. So this is supposedly a 20 foot long male would be huge for a great white and really huge for a male. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Why do they call it Jaws Away? Like, what is that? I get the reference, but. Okay. Extinct or alive, land of the lost sharks. Wildlife biologist and conservationist Forrest Galente. These people have great names. (laughs) Dickie Forrest dives into some of the most treacherous shark-infested waters in the southern hemisphere, all in an attempt to rediscover three unique sharks lost to science for as long as 100 years. Okay, so I can already see the fear-mongering with the treacherous and the shark-infested waters. But what what three sharks have been lost to science for 100 years? Uh, extinct or alive? This could be really cool, or it could be a stupid Megalodon documentary. Yeah, that's what we'll, I was going to say. We'll see. We'll see where, which way this one goes. All right, what's the next one? Will Smith, Off the Deep End. I'm excited for this one because I like Will Smith. I love Will Smith. Yeah. Will Smith is diving headfirst into action, excitement, and shark-infested waters as he confronts his fear of the open seas and the open jaws of nature's fiercest predators. So I suspect this is going to be like the celebrity ones I've seen in the past where probably it's mostly just about the celebrity being scared to death and getting... Yeah, it's it's probably not going to be great in the realm of like documentaries, but it might be entertaining. Who knows? Yeah. Surprise me, Will Smith. Surprise me. Next up, Great White Serial Killer Extinction. That's a weird title. Because <laughs> who's the serial killer? What's going extinct? Anyway, here's the description. The Great White Serial Killer, return. that's... That's not fear-mongering. Returns, and it's on a killing spree that may push the California sea otter to extinction. We talked about this. We did. When we covered sea otters. Investigators deploy an otter dummy. Well, that's not very nice. To get a closer look and witness one of the most spectacular attacks in Shark Week history. If they're going to show me great whites attacking sea otters, I don't really want to see that. Like, I, I get nature. I don't mind watching the nature stuff happen, but a sea otter? They also oh. shouldn't use all the dumb otters. Like, <laughs> come on. Poor otters. Right? That's not, that's not right. That's not right. <laughs> all, all right. right. What's, what's the next one? Monsters under the bridge. Ooh, are they trolls? Scientists believe that monster sharks make their home under the old Seven Mile Bridge. Fishermen claim that one of the sharks is a 15-foot-long, half-ton, great hammerhead named Big Mo. If this is true, he will be the largest hammerhead on the planet. Now, this intrigues me, and also I have some immediate criticisms. So, first of all, it's the Florida Keys. That intrigues me. Seven Mile Bridge. That intrigues me. But it says 
big sharks live under the bridge. And then it's talking about one big shark. And again, it's claiming it would be the biggest hammerhead shark and it's a male. Now, I don't know 100% on hammerhead species, but on I'm pretty sure mostly across the board, females are the bigger ones. I know that's true with great whites. I'm thinking it's true. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that'll be the thing I learned in that episode. But uh, so it doesn't. Big Mo sounds like it a doesn't fish say it's a male. Big Mo could be a female. That's true. That is true. Mo doesn't have to be a male, does it? It doesn't. Okay. All right. Change my mind. But it still says sharks, and then it talks about a shark that nobody knows for sure if it exists. So that's still a little misleading, I think. But we'll see. I do want to watch that one because it's in our backyard sort of around the corner down the block all right what's the the next one is adam devine's secret shark layer i don't know who adam devine 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 i don't know uh-huh. i don't know i know people out there like you don't know who adam De-. anyway last year adam devine devine and a team of marine biologists deployed a cat's camera c-a-t-s camera tag on a massive tiger shark. <laughs> Is that why they call it cats? Because it's a tiger shark? Oh. That yielded a surprising scientific discovery. A secret tiger shark lair. Scientists believe this may be the largest congregation of tiger sharks on the planet or in Adam's mind. The ultimate shark party. So, I don't know. Should we should we figure out who Adam Devine Devine is? Devine? Right now? Is he, is he like a science person? I don't know. Because it sounds like he's a science person, but I've, I'm not familiar with the name unless I've just forgotten it. Adam Devine, Devine. But uh, at least it's not Great Whites again. He's an actor. Okay. I, oh! Makes me feel he's um, this guy. He's this guy. That that goes really well on podcasts. Oh, yeah. Can't you see him? <laughs> he, um... What was he in? He's in some stuff. <laughs> he's in some stuff. Anything I Pitch seen? Perfect. Haven't seen it. Oh, um, um. I don't think I. He looks familiar, but I can't think of anything I've seen him in. So, anyway, it's not important. It's not important. The important thing is, hopefully, he's not a scientist. He's an actor, right? He hopefully, tiger sharks will be a little more interesting. Because I mean, look, I love great whites, but they're a little overdone. I know, you know, I want to learn about some other sharks. Tiger sharks are kind of getting overdone too but they're not yet so you know what's the next documentary great white double trouble there you go another great white and where does it live australia (laughs) is in the midst of a rising wave of shark attacks the great whites leading the way scientists have just discovered that aussies are facing not one population of great whites but two researchers want to know who rules the waters so I know there are people who think that there have been all these great white shark attacks in Australia, but if you look at the statistics, there have been a lot this year. There have been three fatal attacks this year, uh, but last year there were none. Zero fatal attacks that were recorded. I know some people think there are are attacks that don't get recorded, and that that may be the case, but it's not that many. Uh, If you look at the last several years, it's like zero, one, one, two, one. It's not that many. So I, I don't know what, I have a feeling we got a little exaggeration going on there maybe, but who knows? I don't know. They have had three this year and we're only a little over halfway through the year. So we'll see. We'll see. But it's again, it's great white sharks. And look, you all know I love Australia and I love great white sharks, but come on shark week. Can you do something else besides great whites? At least they're Australia. It's usually South Africa. This year it's all Australia. So I guess they've moved. I don't know where Air Jaws is probably in South Africa. But anyway, what's what's the next one? It's yours. Go for oh, it. Oh, Air Jaws 2020. Look at that. So we're back to Great White Sharks. Shark Week celebrities. So, I'm sorry. Shark Week celebrates 20 years of flying sharks with Jeff Kerr, Chris Fallows, Dickie Chevelle. Those names sound familiar. Yeah. And many more as they revisit the most popular and iconic Air Jaws moment. So this is just a best of Air Jaws. That's what this is. I don't know if we're going to waste our time on that one. That may be one we don't watch for sure because it just sounds like pointless. But, okay, 
But but you know, if you like watching great white sharks jump out of the water, then, then that might be the video for you. Sounds educational to me. It, I mean, it was pretty mind blowing when they first got that film twenty years ago, and there has been some interesting research with it. But uh, yeah, anyway, what's the next one? Sharkadelic summer. Snoop Dogg takes a look at why great white sharks are taking up residence along America's shores. This will be the sharkiest summer in U.S. history. Nope, that's not what that says. Will this be the sharkiest summer (laughs) in U.S. history? In this special, Snoop will break down the craziest shark encounters caught on tape, marvel at the wild and unpredictable reactions, and meet with the leading experts who are trying to unlock the secrets behind this great white shark invasion. There's no great white shark invasion. They're a species that has probably been endangered. Maybe their population is coming back. There's, it's not like all of a sudden we have all these great white sharks coming to... There's the thing with the sea otters. Doesn't It does have to do with them recovering. It doesn't mean that they're like invading like this. Anyway, all right, well... I don't know if we'll watch that one. We'll see. Next one. Ah, we have another shark species. And this one is one that I like a lot. Mako Nation. So Mako sharks, I'm assuming. Shark scientist Riley Elliott and underwater cameraman Andy Casagrande. Casagrande? I don't know how you say his name. House Big. Huh? Casagrande. Big House. house. Andy Big House. (laughs) Are on an epic expedition to uncover the mysteries of the mako shark one of the fastest sharks they didn't say that i did in one of the last places on earth where these apex predators rule the water so i have seen mako stuff on shark week before but uh they're not as common as the other ones so they're beautiful sharks excited to see that one maybe we'll see if that's any good sounds like it might be a little more sciencey i like makos they're talking about hunting again like i know sharks hunt but they do other things too people they don't just kill things you know there's more to sharks than just eating they also swim they do and they make baby sharks that's what that's what uh oh my gosh i can't think of his name matt um wow we just watched jaws too oh why can't i think of his name his name's matt cooper hooper matt hooper oh my gosh shame on me that's what matt hooper said all these things do is swim around and eat things and make little sharks. Oh, yeah. That's that's not exactly what he said, but it's something to that effect. All right. Anyway, go, go on. Next one. Alien sharks. First contact. Okay. Mysterious and bizarre alien sharks lurk far beneath the waves in remarkably deep waters where researchers are on a quest. I'm not finding anything for alien sharks. <laughs> <laughs> that was Siri, if you could hear it. It's because he's in Australia. He's got the Australian (laughs) accent. He's like, why aren't you talking about great white sharks? We call them white pointers. I don't need... um, Pursuing the elusive frilled shark, sleeper shark, and cookie cutter shark bring even more unexpected encounters. Okay. I'm excited about this one. I don't know why they're calling them aliens, but um, there's not a lot of footage that I've seen of those species, so that could be cool. Especially cookie cutters. Like if you try and, trust me, as a science educator, I've often tried to find pictures of cookie cutters and usually they're just dead. So it'd be nice to see some actual footage of them swimming around. They look I like cookies. Different. <laughs> Layer of the great white. Oh, another great white shark thing. Is it all great white sharks? I mean, there's been a few, I guess. A team of experts attempts to find out why a population of great whites off the coast of Western Australia... <laughs> course it is it's so much more aggressive than others because is it the team that must brave the elements and venture into treacherous underwater caves to find out for themselves if there are great white sharks living in caves that's interesting but uh yeah it just sounds like at least it's it's western australia the others have been like southern australia i think more on the eastern side so We'll see, I guess, what this one is. This next name is really fun. Yes, it is. Tiger Shark King. Oh, boy. (laughs) In the Caribbean, a deep-sea camera captured footage of a 14-foot tiger shark suffering an assault by a large, unseen beast. It could be an unknown species of mega shark or even a cannibalistic tiger shark. 
Dr. Austin Gallagher wants to find out. So this sounds intriguing. It's in the Caribbean. It's a tiger shark. But it also sounds like a lot of hyped up baloney to me. We'll see. Maybe I'll be wrong. I don't know. Maybe they found the Megalodon. They didn't find the Megalodon. But we'll see what it is. All right. Next up is I Was Prey. Two adventure seekers recount their horrifying shark attack experiences off the coast of Australia. A spearfishing expedition turns into a nightmare featuring a ferocious bull shark. Oh, not a, not a great white shark on Australia. And a great white shark attacks a paddle border on Ascension Island. So, okay, so this is more like, I, we've seen this before. People that have been attacked, recounting their stories. It's like a, I mean, look, I like watching serial killer documentaries as much as the next person. And that's basically what this is with sharks. And probably less common than being killed by a serial killer. I wonder <laughs> what those odds are. Anyway, what's the next one? Sharks of Ghost Island. On the edge of the Bermuda Triangle lies Ghost Island, a place locals have abandoned after multiple shipwrecks and shark attacks. Dr. Craig O'Connell has been here before to study the potential shark hotspot, but his first trip ended abruptly when his boat nearly sank. Uh-oh. Now Craig is back with a team of experts, and they are determined to find why this island attracts so many sharks, even the great white. Oh, maybe they'll have something more than just great whites. Look, if you're a scientist and you think that there's something supernatural going on in the Bermuda Triangle, you're probably not a great scientist. That's all I'm going to say about that. All right, Wicked Sharks. As the number of great white shark encounters on Cape Cod spike, shark expert Dr. Greg Scomel breaks out cutting-edge tech to capture the white shark. The white shark's point of view, revealing exactly how and where they hunt. Oh, it's about hunting again in the summer to better protect the public. So I think this should be a drinking game. This part of the episode of how many times we can say great white shark. Great white shark and hunting could be another one. <laughs> Okay. All right. What's next? Sharks Gone Wild 3. Ooh, I haven't <laughs> seen one or two. <laughs> Everything you've always wanted to know about viral shark videos, but were afraid to ask. Sharks Gone Wild 3 reviews everything from viral videos and the biggest news stories to the latest in cutting-edge shark science. Well, we'll see. They're promising me cutting-edge shark science, but they're selling me um, garbage that I see on Facebook. So we'll see. We'll see what they have to offer. Next up, I Was Prey, Terrors from the Deep. That sounds like a book I would have had as a child. <laughs> this, look, let me just say, if I sound agitated and jaded about this stuff, it's because that's I am. Because when I was a kid, I had all the books. I had a book called Killers of the Deep, uh, dangerous sea creatures these were the titles we didn't have the internet kids these were the titles this is where i started my education of sea creatures and it was so much exaggerated nonsense that intrigued me and kept my interest but as i got older i just it really helped me to perfect hopefully my critical thinking skills because i was like these books were full of lies and exaggeration and actually Look for sources that I can trust to get real science. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, a California surfer, so we're not in Australia, a Canadian thrill seeker, still not in Australia, and an Alabama football coach, okay, and a mother from North Carolina reveal how they each came face-to-face -face with the open ocean's top predator and lived to tell their stories. So this is more, um, this is more crime documentary of sharks basically so we'll see and then finally the one that we probably won't watch naked and afraid of sharks too uh oh on the edge of the bermuda triangle we go. five naked and afraid veterans matt wright jeff zausch sure serena and amber shine what serena doesn't have a last name or oh, their sisters yeah okay and alex maynard attempt it attempt to survive on a remote strip of island whose waters are so teeming with predators. Locals call it Shark Alley. With limited resources and punishing conditions on land, they'll have no choice but to take to the waters and compete with hungry sharks for the same food. So if it's a remote island, how what, many locals right? are there that are calling it Shark Alley? Just the ones that the Discovery Channel paid to say that? I, 
I don't know. It just sounds. I don't watch Naked and Afraid because I think it's silly. This just sounds like silly on top of silly. If you're into Naked and Afraid, I mean, I'm not judging you. I'm just saying it just sounds silly. Anyway, uh, now we're looking at pictures of Mike Tyson punching a surfboard. That's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to do. They're going to put Mike Tyson breaking a surfboard with his fist up against a shark biting through a surfboard. That's my that's my guess. I mean, he's also got a floaty on. He does. He does have a floaty on. So we'll see. We will see. I mean, you can't punch very hard underwater, I don't think. So I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we're doing this for fun. We're hopefully doing this to educate you guys out there and just give you a more informed opinion of of uh shark documentaries i hope you guys are all interested in sharks and and i and i hope that you are able to watch these documentaries and get the good stuff out and and just enjoy the campiness of the rest of it without believing too much of it and uh yeah and maybe it'll inspire those of you who haven't already been inspired to go learn more about sharks from actual science and stuff, which there's some in the Discovery Channel shows. I'm not saying there's not, because there is. There definitely is. Anyway, that's what we're going to do. So two weeks from now, not next week's episode, the one after that, we'll be reviewing some of these. Look for a thing on the Facebook community, Fantastic Cruising community, for us to put up a poll for which, which ones you want us to watch. And if there's some that we were like cringing at that you want us to watch, then maybe we'll Maybe we'll do that. Sounds good. Since this has been a sharky kind of episode, I thought we should do a cruise creature that was sort of sharky, but not sharky. Because we're going to be doing a lot of sharky stuff in two weeks. That was a handful of words. It was a mouthful. That's what I was going for. (laughs) (laughs) So the cruise creature for this episode is going to be the remora. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, the remora is an interesting fish. Actually, there's more than one kind of remora. There's, I think, eight or something like that. There's a few different species of remora. They get anywhere from a foot to about three and a half feet long. And they're pretty remarkable fish. I learned what a remora was when we went to Grand Cayman. That's right, you did. Did we see a remora? We did on we one did. of the tarpon. Was it a tarpon that swam yes. by? Yes. Yes. So remora will, people call them shark suckers or whale suckers, but really there are smaller species that will attach to fish like tarpon. Uh, they'll attach to dugongs. They'll attach to other remoras sometimes. A remora on a remora. That's kind of weird. And, uh, yeah, they're, but they the big ones will go on things like blue whales. They'll go on sharks, of course, sea turtles. I mean, they're, they're all over. So this is the story of the remora. They are a fish, a bony fish, but they don't have a swim bladder, which is kind of wild, wild, weird. I think weird is the word I'm looking for. So most fish have a, a, a swim bladder, which is a gas-filled organ that allows them to float or sink, control their buoyancy. It's their own buoyancy compensator device built in. Sharks don't have that. They have a big oily liver that they use to help control their buoyancy. Uh, Remores don't have that because they're basically just hitching rides. They're basically the hitchhikers of the ocean. That's what they do. And uh, they have a modified top dorsal fin that has a bunch of tooth-like ridges, and they use that to suction onto whatever whatever host animal they find and that even in some cases that's even a diver apparently a little remora sucking onto a diver or something like that pretty cute i've seen remoras on the whale sharks when i did the whale shark swim so that was pretty neat but um but some cool things about remoras is that they have a symbiotic relationship with their hosts and it, it may be symbiotic relationship just means that that usually two living things are impacting one another and it could be positive for both of them. It could be negative for one of them or it could be positive for one of them and no effect on the other one. Now, the remora is probably not one of the positive negative ones, but they it's questionable whether they have any positive effects on the animals that they're 
attach to. So here's here's what happens. Remora attaches on to, let's say, a sea turtle. Sea turtle swims around. Sea turtle eats food, leaves crumbs, because that's how sea turtles are. And the remora detaches, eats some of those excess crumbs, and attaches back on for the ride. They're not hurting the turtle. They're not hurting the shark. They're probably not helping them either. There are some... There is some research that looks like maybe they're eating ectoparasites off of certain hosts. So they may be in a different sort of symbiotic relationship called mutualism uh, in that case. But uh, it's not really known for sure what's going on there. So or at least with all species across the board. So remoras, if you see one, usually they'll be attached to another animal. But possible you might see one that's not if you do they're usually sort of a black and white fish kind of stripes down the side or streaks down the side but uh, they can be a little bit variable and depending on the angle you see you may not see all of those colorations and stuff but they're really cool so next time you're out if you especially if you see a big animal look for your friendly neighborhood remora that was a good cruise creature. You like that one? Yeah, because I forgot that those were a thing. And then as soon as you said it, I remembered how excited we were when we saw it in the video because we didn't see it when we were actually in the water. Oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's all about sharks, right? But like I said, sharks are not just animals that go around and kill things and eat them. They have a much larger role that they play in the ecosystem and... uh and I think the remora is a good example of one more way that sharks do fit into that ecosystem. And they're important for remoras. And maybe remoras are important for sharks. Cool. That was a good episode. Lots and lots of stuff. But I think it's time to wrap it up. So and what are we going to do? We're going to head for the horizon. We're going to get there eventually, folks. 413 days as of right this second. <laughs> All right. And until next time, seize the day. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Okay, well, that was, uh, I think that turned out just as good as the first time around. Yeah, we did it. Yes, and you know what? We also forgot. We did get another email. We did? Yeah, from Alfred again. About the Australian animal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Alfred's wife, technically, I think, who wanted us to not forget the wallaroo. That's right. Wallaroo, which is uh, not quite a wallaby, not quite a kangaroo, but... It's kind of in the middle. <laughs> but a pretty cool animal. So yes, one more amazing cruise creature or Australian creature, as the case may be, a wallaroo.